I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. Media availability is coming quick and fast. We're struggling to keep up with all the quotes coming out. I'm joking. We're ready and prepped. I'm joined by Mr. Tim Shields and Mr. Wayne Breezy. How are you guys doing today? Hanging in, man. Yeah, man, I'm great like Tony the Tiger. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so I think we've kind of spoke about this on the last show that we said that we'd start by looking at the guys that have opted out that from playing in the bubble across the league, players that are injured, which is great because at the time of recording this, it's a Tuesday. It's around about 3.20 in the afternoon for you American people. We find out that Bradley Bill's not playing for Washington alongside Davis Bertans, who opted out earlier in the month or to the tail end of last month, excuse me. Washington might as well not even turn up in the bubble now, dude. I mean, this was meant to be for teams that had an opportunity to contend to, to snag a seed into the playoffs. They don't have that opportunity no more. Well, plus John Wall's out too. So that's like your core three guys. And when they were talking about Davis Bertans and not trading him, the big idea was is they could build around uh, that core of Bertans, Beal, and Wall, especially because Wall's contract is just immovable in its current state. So if all three of those guys are going to be out, I don't know why Washington's even being considered, but I think it's two-sided, right? So it's to allow teams that need to get better seeding and trying to work out that kind of situation, given those eight games for players and teams to just get into the swing of things, build up momentum but that being said we've talked about before how Charlotte got left out of the equation and now that kind of looks a little bit questionable but that being said there's a lot of other players that are missing out and it's really going to mess with seeding towards that bottom you know six seven eight seed I mean the biggest thing for me is they let Isaiah Thomas go when they moved him over to LA Clippers before he got waived and they could really use a bit of the king of the fourth right about now they could use a whole starting lineup right about now. Listen, <laughs> let, these, let these teams do exactly what they feel like they need to do. They got the invite. If they just if play, they, there's nothing teams can do about players that decide, hey, this is not for me. There's nothing they could do about it. All they could do is show up with the best uh, 17 men that they have and play and play. That's it. That's all they could do. That's it. That's all they could do. That's all any team can do. And I think it's important to, to revisit some of these because a lot of it is to do with injuries uh, for a lot of guys who were sitting out. You know, with Bertans, he's got a contract coming up. He's recovering from an injury. Bradley Beal apparently is now out with a shoulder injury. Make of that what you will. But either way, people don't have to play. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're just trying to get entirely healthy for next season. John Wall still recovering from all those ankle surgeries he's had. And then on top of that, you've got Victor Oladipo, who is potentially looking to come back. He's recovering from an injury. You've got the multiple players for the Nets, Nick Claxton. Now apparently Spencer Dinwiddie met with his doctor. Dinwiddie's going to be sitting out. We already knew about DeAndre Jordan sitting out. You've got Kevin Durant, of course, who's recovering from Achilles. And you've got Kyrie Irving, who's had a slew of issues and is now not going to be playing at all. So when you look at the Pacers situation, you look at the Nets, and now you also look at the Wizards. If you're the, if you're the Orlando Magic, you're kind of in a good spot right now to move up 
to potentially avoid the Bucks in that first round matchup. If they can jump up to the seventh seed, they might be doing a little bit better odds as opposed to having to go against Milwaukee first round. Yo, if they had Jonathan Isaac, they'd be sewing up that seventh seed, man. I'm telling you straight now, right now. Jonathan, Jonathan Isaac is a big miss for them, especially now with the way the league's shaping up. Yeah. I like that guy a lot. I do too. I definitely do. Listen, again, like you said, these teams, a lot of the, the their, their miss-outs are going to be due to injury, due to just, you know, not, you know, Jason Tatum spoke about it, you know, he's, when we talk about him not really deciding really late to saying that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I thought he was always all in on the situation. And this probably, if he was feeling that type of way with such a late decision, imagine all the other players that might feel, you know, I have a family at home. I want to be with them. So we can't really knock the decision of players wanting to be here or, or wanting to not be here due to whatever the situation is, injury, health, whatever it is. What we can do is say, all right, Celtics, this is what's going down. This is who we're going to be going up against. Let's not lay an egg against anybody. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we play better against better competition. But when the competition lessens, the Celtics put the layoff on the gas a little bit. All of a sudden, we're getting beat by, by bench players. And that can't happen in this bubble. It just can't. I would lose my mind. I would lose it. I don't blame you. And I, I do actually want to loop back around really quick. I did forget a couple players. Um, I do just want to name the other players in the East that are for sure not going to play. Wilson Chandler, the Brooklyn Nets, is also not going to play. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins is a free agent, but he's been on the borderline of trying to play. I think he's still up in the air. And then in terms of the Nets as well, Garrett Temple is not going to play. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to look out West, you've got a couple players for sure. Uh, we already know about LaMarcus Aldridge because he's recovering, I believe, from – I think it's a rotator cuff injury. Then you've got – Kelly Oubre, who's recovering from an injury as well. You've got Trevor Ariza, Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, I mean, right now, we've also got, got random guys who've been vets in the league for a while. Courtney Lee's also sitting out. Fabo Cephalosha was a recent addition to the people withdrawing. But, I mean, th- just to paint the picture, that's what you're looking at. But, I mean, it's getting updated by the day. You've got guys who are, you know, on the fence for family reasons. You've got the whole situation we touched upon last pod with Gordon Hayward too. But I don't know. If you're the Celtics right now, this is pretty good, I think, because – I mean, it's pretty bad too. I mean, it's – well, okay. I'll, for good, no, I mean, like – I'm just saying that it's pretty bad that every team that's a threat is going in full strength. No one's opting – no, Giannis isn't opting out. Oh, no. Not because Kelsey Occam's not up tonight. Not because they got this is a chance to win a. I don't want to say yeah. I don't want to say easy championship, but it just seems like it's an easier road to the to the championship, right? Like that's it, my thought. Yeah, it's just an easier road. So I got asterisks, right? And that's probably why they're not opting out because they're like, yo, we got to get to play less games. We coming in here full strength, yo. You healthy? You healthy? Let's go. The Celtics are in that same boat though. Like no one's opting out. So, with that being said, I like our chances. All we got to do is not lay eggs. <laughs> that, that's it. Do not lay an egg. Go out there. Take care of the teams you got to take care of. Look, I'm still worried about the Levert kid when we play Brooklyn. Like, he dropped 50-plus points on us in one quarter. Like, that can happen again. It better not, but it can. And it could be stuff like that that just challenges us. 
to where the Celtics may, you know, mess up their seating because they want the Celtics obviously want the number two seed, right? And this is what this is what's setting up for the Celtics to get that number two seed. But here's my question to you guys: All right, these teams are opting out, not 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 opting out, but players are opting out from teams that could have gave made the East more competitive or whatnot. If the Celtics do happen to just breeze through and get to that and get to the uh, NBA Finals or whatnot, win the championship, would there? Would this championship be tarnished in a way because teams saying, well, I ain't play. So, like, you know, a player, excuse me, go ahead. I think it's a yes and no situation, right? So, yes, because there are teams who are kind of mailing it in, as you said. But a lot of that has to do with health and a lot of that has to do with not wanting to risk, you know, future contract situations or risk family health or time away from family. But at the same time, with everything else going on right now, it's a completely level playing field for the guys that are in there. Boom. So barring any unforeseen circumstances that arise during these playoffs, I think right now it's actually much more difficult because you're asking players to go into a bubble for three months or so in the it, midst of a pandemic and all the other political discourse that's going on right now. Yeah, I mean, I wrote about this uh, probably about six weeks ago now, seven weeks ago. My outlook on it is if guys like LeBron or Giannis or Kawhi, that tier of player and the tier below them, you know, the Chris Middletons and the Ben Simmons of the world, if they chose to sit out, then, yeah, you can start looking at this like this is like a, a give me season because a bunch of the the real ballers, shall we say, chose not to compete. Every major player across every contending team is participating in this tournament. The only difference is there might be a few blowouts in the first round. By the time you get to the second round, you're going to meet some balling teams. Now, that's the same as every other year in the NBA. There's some blowouts in the first round. That's the way the playoffs are designed. If you finish your eighth, you're playing first, baby. You finish seventh, you're playing second. You, you know, you, you, you get punished for finishing that low down the standings. That's not changing. My biggest worry personally is if any other team wins it, there has to be an asterisk. If Boston wins it, there should never be an asterisk. No one got the joke. It's okay. I get it. <laughs> Homerism is not lost. No, nah, I mean moving, but in in all seriousness, if nobody's opting out, that's a star player on any of the contending teams, then the only reason you'd put an asterisk next to this championship is because you won a title in spite of this, not is not because of this. Okay, that's kind of my mentality with it now. Yeah, I like that. I like I like that outlook on it. Definitely. And we need to promote that because there's going to be an asterisk. Just like if the, if there was a, if there was an NBA holdout or if there was like, there, there were, there's going to be an asterisk regardless, but I like the, I like your outlook and take on what you just said, the spinoff of look. And Tim said it earlier. He said, look, the playing field has been automatically leveled. We're taking the best 22 teams and we're bringing you guys to a bubble in Florida in Orlando. And you guys are going to ball out. Whoever wins, wins. Like, that's what they're doing. It can't be more level played. You know, it can't be more even playing than that. No and crowds, bro. There's no crowds. There's no home court advantage. There's no travel. There's no jet lag. 
Yeah, that's deep. That's deep. That's super. It's super even. I like it. Super leveled. And this is where we're going to see who the real ballers really are. The ones that can play without the crowd firing them up. The ones that can play in an empty gym. And they're just super competitive and they're playing just to win. And this, and this is where we see where guys who feed off the crowd are going to be. And it's going to be interesting to see who struggles and who doesn't. I mean, I spoke to, um, I was speaking, I do it on my other podcast. I was speaking to um, a goalkeeper for AC Milan in Serie A in Italy. And they're playing soccer in empty stadiums at the moment. And uh, I said to him, I was like, what's it like? How, how difficult is it being fired up to play when there's an empty, crowd, empty stadium? How much are you missing the crowd? And he was like, yo, you miss it during the warm-up and you miss it during like the halftime. But when you're on the floor or when you're on the field, you Turn don't up. care because you tune that out anyway when you're playing, right? All you care about is getting the W. So it's going to be interesting to see if that translates to everybody. Or- so I think empty stadiums in terms of the NBA are going to be a little bit different. I feel like there's so much in terms of energy that players feed off of. I mean, we've talked about it before with you know home and away records for certain teams or players like Joel Embiid, which is a perfect example because – the 76ers are a potential first round matchup for the Celtics and how he's played away from home and away from that home court advantage from those home fans. I don't know if they're going to end up pumping in 2k crowd noise, but I feel like that has to have a, a massive mental weight on people. Yo, do yeah. not be pumping in no NBA 2k crowd noise. I want to hear play calls. I want to hear people cussing each other out. I want to hear they're the gonna edit it. They're going to edit it though. You have to pay extra to get unedited. Yo, the amount of money I pay for for league passes, it is compared to you guys. I expect unfiltered, unadulterated. Be edited. There's no way to be able to edit that stuff. We're talking about doing it with the 10 second delay, dude. It's the same. Uh, yeah, I think you get the. I think you get the unedited version with league pass, though. So you might be in luck, Adam. Yeah, I mean, they're charging me thirty dollars a month, man. I want unedited. I think I pay eighteen, but still. <laughs> Um, it's it's it, I don't I, I don't I don't there's if if the delay is there it's possible but they that's more work on them that's so silly it's it's just the, the most silliest thing you're going to you're go I want to hear the competitive this I'm I'm actually looking forward to hearing the trash talking like I wish this was Gary Payton and those guys playing and this happened for them because all you will hear is M effortus and M it would be so ridiculous My, I didn't even know Michael Jordan cursed. Until I started watching, until I watched his, his uh, what was the thing we watched a little while ago? The right. last dance. The last dance. <laughs> I didn't. I thought he was a saint. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the, man, when I saw that he he was like that, I'm like, oh, I, now I really love Michael Jordan. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he. I want to see like a TV MA rating in the corner before each game. <laughs> NC17. You know, make sure like you have. It has to be something. If they put that up there, then. It should be good to go because that's what we want to hear. And as far as that fabricated crowd noise, that might work in football. It might work in soccer. 
but it, it's there's no way that's working in the NBA. It's too it's, small a venue. It's too small of a venue. It's just too small, and it's in a closed space. It's not in an open, you know, stadium or, or whatnot. It's not outside, things like that. So it just it just won't sound the same. I definitely want to hear some DJs. Now, here's the thing. Teams go on runs, and teams go on runs mainly because of the fans. You be, The fans usually are going to pump up the juju energy, or they're going to let the team know, that they're not doing well. <laughs> like, either way, there's not going to be no yays and no boos going on. And I think that could play a factor, especially for teams with more of the, the veteran-based teams. These young kids might just be able to go, go out there and ball out regardless because they probably don't care about any of that stuff. So this, this is going to be really cool and exciting, and it's going to be a great experience for all of us to watch. Yo, that's crazy because when I was speaking to this soccer player from Italy, he was looking at the completely opposite way. He was seeing it as the veterans are going to be the ones that can come in and handle their business because they know that they might not be in the playoffs again next year or their time's winding down. And the young guys are the ones that are coming in wanting to get the fans up and fired up because that's what builds the YouTube highlights and the Instagram highlights. And that's what builds your stock as a commodity to start making your own shoes, your sneakers. So he looks at it from that point of view. And I can see both sides. For me, I kind of lean more towards the veterans that are going to want to go in and get the job done. But the young guys are going to want to go in and impress, especially now knowing that every eye possible is watching because we're so starved of any form of competitive sport. So I, I, I hope our young guys don't go in there thinking that. Like, I hope our young guys just go in there and play basketball. Like so Romeo Langford is going to go in there and I'm, I'm really confident he's going to drop a 25-point game. You get what I'm saying? Really? First round? I don't know, but between now and the end of the playoffs, I've got I've just got a sneaking suspicion he's gonna go in and drop a twenty five point game. If if he has the, the, the nerves and, and the confidence to ball like the way we know he can, and remember he came in with an injury. He was drafted with an injury, so he had to get his playing, his shooting hand, his thumb, all that good stuff like right. Can you imagine if that's okay? Like now? Oh man. Like, oh, man, like, oh, man. The one thing we know Danny Ainge does is he he drafts very well. Can't say that he doesn't. <laughs> Look at our players that we get, especially in these first rounds. I just think that if Langford comes in confident and just ready to shoot and ready to play, imagine he's a good defender, too. If he comes in with that, it's going to be a problem. He could be that resurrection of Paul Pierce. Let me, let me ask you about this really quick. I know, Tim, you want to say something. I see that it's like it's like Larry Bird, and then there's like Jason Tatum. But how come we don't talk about Paul Pierce? Like, why doesn't like, like Paul, Paul Pierce, Pierce be saying so stupid stuff? Well, he yeah, he gets a lot of love from Boston fans, but he says a lot of silly stuff on TV that gets some flack. And some of it I agree with, but some of it is like that's fine. I'm talking about play style. I'm talking about just. Uh, as a Celtic, this dude was a Celtic to the very end. Yep. It's not like he wanted to be traded. It was the it was a business move, right? And man, he put the team on his back, guys. I know we had to acquire some pieces, but don't he? Oh, he he holds some records for Boston. But I feel like it's it's Larry Bird and it's Jason Tatum, <laughs> and it's there's no like there was never a Paul Pierce, and I'm like, how can we forget this guy? I mean, if you've got the nickname, the truth, if that's your nickname is what everybody knows you, then you, you've got that respect, especially amongst within Boston. And what I've noticed is 
especially more since I've become more ingrained in like um, the social media side of the NBA is if you play in Boston and you ball out and you have like this hall of fame worthy career in Boston, nobody respects you. Uh, And that's because you played for Boston. And for some reason, if you play for Boston, then that doesn't hold the same weight as if you did it in LA or if you did it in New York. And it's a train of thought that's only held amongst the young social media sectors. Me and you, Wayne, we'd be older heads. Tim, you're one of the young guys. You're, you're excluded from this part of the conversation. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. But Wayne, I mean, look, man, I'm with you. It goes Larry Bird, Paul Pierce, Jason Tatum. The question is, would you say that Antonio Walker is, is going to be the same type of player as what Jalen Brown's going to be in terms of ability level? Or do you think Jalen... Yeah, what did I call him? Antonio. Antonio. I've got my. Antonio. I've got one of those names, days, oh, dude. I've just called Wayne Ray twice. That's that's funny. <laughs> we were talking about Ray Charles before we started, but now listen, that's a great question. That's a great question. Look, Antoine Walker was a ball- Antonio Walker. Don't see. That's that's why you were messing me up, Antoine. I- Antoine, I'm winding you up. So, like, he he was great. He was great, but. Uh, and during his out, you know, once he once he went to the Heat, <laughs> and Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce kind of took over the NBA. Listen, Paul, P- like I know we talk about Antoine, but Paul Pierce, when they when they acquired those pieces, I saw a different Paul Pierce. We we the 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 he was the older Paul Pierce. Well, almost older Paul Pierce. He was he was kind of exiting his prime because he wasn't able to drive to the basket anymore and, and get the lift and bang on cats, even though we've seen that from time to time. But the three yo, he yo, he against the young LeBron, he was holding. Like, do you not remember? I just don't understand how we kind of skip over this guy as if I know he was the truth, but it's like it's all about Jason Tatum, which I'm cool with. But it's just like Paul Pierce didn't even exist. And I dare somebody, I, I'm still mad that, that we don't mention, not us, but Larry Bird doesn't get mentioned when you talk about ghosts. <laughs> Come in and tell your team, look, I'm going to beat the Port-. He told the Portland Trailblazers, look, I'm going to beat y'all. I'm going to shoot only with my left hand. And do it. And score like 30-plus points. Except for free throws. He shot, with, you know. I just don't understand how he's not in the mention. I, and I know it's Michael Jordan and it's LeBron James, but Larry Bird gets over, and then it's Kareem. But then Larry Bird gets overshadowed in that conversation. It's something about what you were saying. It's something about playing in Boston. It doesn't give you the same amount of uh, of, of brownie points or something. Cause no it's definitely one, cred. It's cred. It, no one wants yeah. to talk about Bill Russell. No one wants to talk about these guys. Have a check-in. And all these guys that are great. You know, it's just because oh, well, they played for Boston. They played on the Red Arbuck. Are they play, like? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't. It means know. eleven. It means eleven championships. I mean, for me, it's more like now. Have a pick. I mean, okay. To answer your question about Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce's style of play was very understated. Everything he did was very methodical. When he scored on you, he scored on you. It was very rarely flash, very rarely flashy, and it was very rarely a highlight real score, but he right. could get buckets. If, if you were guarding Pierce, you knew he was getting buckets on you that night. I agree. Because of how he did it. 
He was never the most athletic, never the most fastest, didn't have the highest vert. He could just get buckets. He was crafty. The reason that Tatum's got this sort of love is because Tatum can do the unexpected at any moment. He's a magician. He would jump up and dunk on LeBron as quickly as he was run the floor, pull a step back on Paul George so he drops and then drain a three in his face. And that's the difference. Understood. For me, that's the difference because it's that ability to, cr- to kind of put that wow factor on the screen. Oh my God, Jason Tatum. When with Paul Pierce, it would be the only time you really heard of Paul Pierce doing stuff like that. And this is something Jason Tatum hasn't done to this point in his career, was closing out games in, in the conference finals, in the NBA finals. That's where Paul Pierce really became the, the legend that he is, is the way he conducted himself when the games were on the line, the game winners that he scored throughout his career. He just never had those highlight flashy plays as regular as what Tatum does. That's my opinion. And then for this, oh, we played for Boston. That's fine. Because in 10 more years, they'll be like, oh, well, this team played under Brad Stevens. Of course, they won a few rings. That's, mm. it's one of those. It's like saying, but then if people want to say, oh, they played under Red Auerbach and that's why they've got so many championships. Why is no one saying, oh, well, Kobe and Shaq played under Phil Jackson? Or Michael Jordan played under Phil Jackson. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You want to start talking about they played under great coaches so their rings aren't as like important or aren't as respected. Then all of a sudden, the Dallas Mavericks team from, what was it, 2011? Mm-hmm. That team's the greatest team of all time if we start going down that route. You know what I mean? Just a bunch of guys. That Dirk, Dirk was the one that basically dragged that team to a ring. They weren't under a Hall of Fame coach, really. So if you want to go down that route and start saying, well, coaching matters, which I believe it does in the playoffs, then we've got to start talking about that 2011 Mavs team a little bit more. Should we circle back around to the, to the young guys like uh, Tatum and Brown just to talk yeah. about, I feel like they've said a couple things in the media days recently, and we, we had a quote drop today. So we had a quote drop today from Jason Tatum talking about specifically – whether or not he was going to go to Orlando. Now, a few weeks back, before everything had been solidified, they were talking about his situation with the financials and saying, oh, is he going to come and play? Is he not going to play? And there was some speculation due to his contract extension. You know, he could get a max contract extension this summer. And, of course, Boston is going to throw it at him. We all know this. But there is concern if he got injured, if that would impact that kind of situation. Anywho. But when talking about it recently – Jason had said, I only decided a few days ago that I was going to be playing on Orlando. And he said that the financials were actually not what he was most concerned about, but he was mainly concerned about being away from his family, especially during COVID, not being able to see his son Deuce. And of course, on top of that, you have everything that's going on with the social injustices. And it took some convincing. So I just found that interesting. And I completely support where he's coming from. I just there are certain aspects that people don't think about, I think, when it, when it comes to these players coming back. And especially for Jason Tatum, you know, Deuce is still very, very young. He's also a very young father. And he's, I mean, he admitted, he's like, I've never been away from my son for more than a week or two weeks. So, it's a lot. Yeah, I don't, I mean, and Wayne, you can probably relate to me here. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm- I couldn't do it. I'd be up to now instantly, bro. Guys, it's tough. And and Adam is right. 
and and it's it's when you have a child, especially at a young age, where it's critical that you're you're there, and in some sort of type of uh, uh, way, you know, like not just you know pop up, show up. No, they they need you at home. You you want the daddy's home. You want you know whether you have a daughter or a son. Listen, it, as a musician. Like I, I, I almost don't want to go back since COVID hit. I, I'm kind of, it's kind of like, I don't want to go back to like gigging. Cause I was really not home until like the evening, like late night, early in the morning when he sleep. And then I realized I was missing out on probably a lot of the developmental stuff that my son was going through. But since COVID I've been here, been able to help him with ABCs and one, two, threes. And like, he's just ridiculously smart. And I'm glad to be a part of that development. When Jason Tatum was saying that, like, I totally understand that, yo, if I don't want to be missing for hours, I can't, I can't be, I can't imagine being missing for three months. I've turned down boat gigs and trips where I would go on season and tour for, for three months. And I've tour, I've turned down going to other countries to play in like China for three months, just because I can't even imagine being away from home for three months. I just can't like my wife. It's just, it's just a really tough decision, regardless of how well or how good the money is. That's a tough one to make. I can attest or agree with, with Adam or any other parent out there that says, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm totally with it. That's why when we were talking about Gordon Hayward, guys, I was saying, why don't you just opt out? Just say, I'm going to be with my family because I can totally understand that opposed to, I want to show up and want to play. I get it. I love that too. But then at some point I'm going to have to leave and it, it, it may damper the locker room just a little bit, especially if they're on some winning stuff and he's, and he's a part of that. And then all of a sudden you take that out, it could change things going on in that locker room. So that's why I was saying that. And I know we're kind of wrapping up this episode, but you've raised a really good point. That's kind of struck a question that I kind of feel like we should discuss to end this episode with. Will players being homesick affect their commitment as the as the playoffs go further in? Players that are missing their families, like I know that they're saying families can come around about the second um, second playoff round. That's now with the amount of COVID cases that keep rising and rising around Florida, they might decide that that's not worth it, and they're going to keep the players within the bubble without family. Do you guys think if that's the case? That these players, their level of play is going to drop because, in a way, they just want to go home at this point. I don't, I don't know. I feel like this is also something Jason Tatum said. You know, if we're going to go down there, we might as well try and win a championship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's got to be the mentality for a lot of these teams, especially the teams that are serious contenders, or you know, that are in that echelon of that conversation. You know, like, I don't think I'm. I don't imagine guys like. Russell Westbrook or James Harden or LeBron James or Anthony Davis, any of those guys are going to say, well, I miss my family. It's not like any of those guys, those upper tier guys don't have families, don't have kids at home. People are single, you know, Kemba Walker is single, but it's still hard to be away from home. You know, it's still hard to be away from even, you know, your parents or something like that, if they're in the picture. So I definitely get that psychological aspect of it, but I don't think they're going to mail it in. I don't think, if anything, I think that's the thing that's driving you. That's a good point. Great point. I think that wraps us up for your 
Wednesday episode of the Celtics Blog Podcast. Does anybody want to say anything to our lovely listeners before we tune out for the day? I just want to thank all the listeners that's been listening through all this pandemic stuff. Uh, Thank you for your support. We truly appreciate you. And we're going to continue to bring you nothing but Celtics news. And that's what we do. We're going to make sure we fire it up. This tournament is about to kick off soon. We got about two, three weeks. And then we are going to be all basketball. So stand tall, y'all. Wear your mask. Catch you on Friday.